As you've probably heard me say before, there are two trees, two family trees even, and you're either part of one tree or the other. The tree of life is Jesus, the true Christ, and the other tree is Satan, the false Christ, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you may have noticed in the last radio transmission I had mentioned in passing that there was a Garden of Eden in the first world age when we covered Ezekiel 28 where God sentenced Satan to perish, which is how Satan became the son of perdition, receiving the death sentence in the first world age when he said in his heart that he would ascend into heaven and exalt his throne above the stars of God, the stars of God being symbolic of God's children. That you'll find in Isaiah chapter 14, which speaks of Satan's first rebellion and goes on to speak of when he's cast into the bottomless pit at the seventh trumpet when the true Christ returns. That's after Satan, the son of perdition, appears in Jerusalem as Antichrist at the sixth trumpet, then at the seventh trumpet he's locked up in the bottomless pit until the thousand years are finished. That's why Satan's called the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. Right after his final attempt at taking God's throne, Satan will be cast into the lake of fire and blotted out of existence. That's why Revelation chapter 17 verse 8 says, The beast that thou sawest was in the first world age when he first rebelled and is not the time frame of Revelation 17 verse 8 being before he appears as Antichrist and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit that's after the thousand years are finished as you can see in Revelation chapter 20 and goeth into perdition. That's when Satan is blotted out of existence forever and ever as God promised in Ezekiel 28 verse 18 where he said speaking to Satan therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee it shall devour thee and I will bring thee to ashes in the sight of all them that behold thee. And then in verse 19, all they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror and never, I repeat, never shalt thou be any more. Blotted out of existence forever and ever, turned to ashes along with all who choose to follow Satan at that time, after the thousand years are finished. So going back to verse 13 of Ezekiel 28, God said to Satan, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, speaking of before Satan first rebelled. He was there in the Garden of Eden of this second world age also, as we know from Genesis chapters 2 and 3, that old serpent, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But again, there was a Garden of Eden in the first world age, and Satan was there as well. If you take the word garden literally as in vegetation, all was destroyed whenever God destroyed the first world age and had to be recreated, replanted, that is to say, as you can see in the first two chapters of Genesis, the dry land came out of the water because the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. The geographic location known as Eden then would still be there, but God had to plant a garden in Eden once again, just as the literal trees had to be recreated, and trees are symbolic of people many times in the Word of God. It's all throughout. The tree of life is Jesus, the true Christ, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is Satan, the false Christ, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So having covered Ezekiel chapter 28, turn over to Ezekiel 31, where we see that there was in fact an Eden in the first world age. And it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the third month, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Whose word is this? The word of the Lord. 
Son of man, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude, whom art thou like in thy greatness? God is going to compare Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to Satan, again pointing out that it was pride within himself that caused him to rebel against God and receive the death sentence, becoming the son of perdition. Verse 3 of Ezekiel 31 Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud and of an high stature, and his top was among the thick boughs. The Assyrian being one of Satan's names, so it works as it is in the King James, but really this word is T-Asher, which means a box tree. The box tree was a cedar in Lebanon, perfect in the day he was created, as we saw in Ezekiel 28, but then Satan rebelled because of pride within himself for receiving the death sentence, and becoming the son of perdition, which means the son that perishes, the lowest of the low. Again, this is when Satan first rebelled in the first world age. Verse 4, the waters made him great, the waters being symbolic of people, the deep set him up on high with her rivers running round about his plants, and sent her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Therefore his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, the trees here being symbolic of God's children. You'll find it in Psalm 1, Jeremiah 17, the list goes on and on, with God using trees to symbolize his children, and his boughs were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitude of waters when he shot forth. All the fowls of heaven made their nests in his boughs, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. Thus he was fair in his greatness, and the length of his branches for his root was by great waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide him. This is the first world age. Here we have the garden of God. The fir trees were not like his boughs, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches, nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. And going back to Ezekiel chapter 28, what did God say? Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou see Sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, returning to Ezekiel 31, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. This is before Satan rebelled in the first world age. Why would God's other children envy Satan after he'd received the death sentence? That's nothing to be jealous of. Now in verse 10, we see the resulting punishment, the death sentence, just as we saw in Ezekiel 28. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast lifted up thyself in height, he said in his heart that he would exalt his throne above the stars of God, and he has shot up his top among the thick boughs, and his heart is lifted up in his height, pride within himself. Satan said in his heart that he would ascend above the heights of the clouds, the clouds being symbolic of a multitude of people, and be like the Most High, deceiving a third of the stars of heaven, a third of God's children, into following him, as we know from Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, which is why God destroyed the first world age and created this one, whereby all of his children have the opportunity to be born of woman to make up their mind whether or not they're going to love God. I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen, the mighty one of the nations, being correctly translated. This is the true Christ, the 
mighty God, as he's called in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Emmanuel, God with us. When you've seen him, you've seen the Father. When Christ returns at the seventh trumpet, Satan will be locked in the bottomless pit, and after the thousand years are finished, destroyed forever in the lake of fire. He shall surely deal with him. The true Christ shall surely deal with Satan. I have driven him out for his wickedness, called the wicked one in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where he's also called the son of perdition. Then shall that wicked be revealed, would be better translated, the wicked one. The true Christ returns at the seventh trumpet, destroys Satan's role of Antichrist, as well as his one world system and his angels. Then Satan's locked up in the bottomless pit. Verse 12, and strangers, the terrible of the nations, have cut him off and have left him upon the mountains and in all the valleys his branches are fallen and his boughs are broken by all the rivers of the land and all the people of the earth are gone down from his shadow and have left him. That's when they say during the millennium, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, as you'll find written in Isaiah 14, verse 16. Then in verse 19, but thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the false branch, as opposed to the true branch, the true Christ, who is the tree of life. Satan is the abominable branch, the desolator who comes on the wings of abomination. Upon his ruin shall all the fowls of heaven remain, and all the beasts of the field shall be upon his branches, to the end that none of all the trees by the waters exalt themselves for their height. It was pride within himself that was his downfall. Neither shoot up their top among the thick boughs, neither their trees stand up in their height, all that drink water, for they are all delivered unto death, to the nether parts of the earth, in the midst of the children of men, with them that go down to the pit. The bottomless pit, as far as Satan is concerned, until after the thousand years are finished when he'll be blotted out. This has a different meaning as far as those who are deceived by Satan and don't take part in the first resurrection are concerned. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day when he went down to the grave, I caused a mourning in the day that he fell from grace in the first world age. I covered the deep for him and I restrained the floods thereof and the great waters were stayed. And I caused Lebanon to mourn for him and all the trees of the field fainted for him. Again, trees of the field symbolize God's children. It broke his heart when this happened. I hope you understand that. I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall, his fall from grace in the first world age at his first rebellion. When I cast him down to hell, when God gave Satan the death sentence with them that descend into the pit, those that will end up following Satan after the millennium will already be dead spiritually speaking because they won't have taken part in the first resurrection because if you take part in the first resurrection into eternal life, the second death has no power over you. So during the thousand years, if you're spiritually dead, then you're in the pit or in the grave, spiritually speaking. You're spiritually dead. Those who don't take part in the first resurrection when the true Christ returns will be in the graves that are their spiritual bodies during the thousand years. On their way to the lake of fire unless they get their act together during the millennium, the thousand years. Meanwhile, 
while, Satan will be literally incarcerated in the pit. That's why he's called the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. That's when he goes into perdition, which means he's blotted out of existence forever and ever. They also went down into hell with him unto them that be slain with the sword, and they that were his arm that dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the heathen, under the shadow of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember Satan's angels who left heaven to seduce women in Genesis chapter 6 forfeited the opportunity to be born of woman when they left their first habitation. They knew that was suicide once they did that, so they were damned as a group when they crossed that line. And you won't see them mentioned after the thousand years are finished in Revelation 20 because they will have already been destroyed at the seventh trumpet when the true Christ returns. And they that were his arm, the Kenites as well as Satan's adopted children, the natural branches of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil are the Kenites. Those grafted in because of unbelief or deception are Satan's children spiritually by adoption. They're grafted into his family tree. They'll be blotted out of existence in the lake of fire after the thousand years are finished if they choose to follow Satan when he's released for that short season after the thousand years are finished. To whom art thou thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? God speaking to Pharaoh, king of Egypt here, yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden unto the nether parts of the earth. Thou shalt lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that be slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude, saith the Lord God. So as you can see, there was obviously an Eden in the first world age. That's when it was first created and then being overflowed with water, the world that then was perished, as we know from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. All the vegetation in the first world age being destroyed, including the original Garden of Eden, but the dry land was still there. That's looking at it on a physical level. There's also a spiritual aspect to this as well. And as it's written in Genesis chapter 1, verse 9, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so, the dry land he called earth, having already been created in the first world age. The geographical location known as Eden already being there on the dry land whenever it was brought forth from the water. As you can see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, that same geographic location still there from the first world age, and there he put the man whom he had formed, Ed Ha-Adam in the Hebrew, the man from whom the Lord Jesus Christ would eventually descend according to the flesh. The reason it says eastward in Eden may mean it was eastward of where the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Ed Ha-Adam, that is to say, the man, it's emphatic in the Hebrew, that dust of the ground may have been the dust of the ground at Jerusalem, where Christ paid the price for one and all times, whereby whosoever will should not perish in the lake of fire, but should have everlasting life. Continued existence from when they were created in the first world age, all the way up into the eternity, which is the third world age. So maybe the Garden of Eden was east of Jerusalem. That's speculation on my part, but you may also want to read Genesis chapter 13 verse 10 if you're looking for a rough estimate on where the Garden of Eden may have been located. So the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden in this world age, and there he put the man, Edhadam, whom he had formed, the man from whom the Lord Jesus Christ would eventually be born from, according to the flesh, because from Adam eventually would come Noah, then Abraham, and then David, and eventually the Lord Jesus 
Christ from that specific bloodline. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that is to say Satan. So not only was there a garden of Eden in the first world age when Satan first rebelled, as well as this second world age that we are now in, the heavens and earth which are now, the garden of Eden having to be replanted after God destroyed it when he destroyed the first world age. But also, as we know from Jeremiah 24, when the true Christ returns, the good figs will be planted in Jerusalem to live and reign with Christ, the tree of life, a thousand years. And Christ says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God, with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil having been destroyed at the end of the millennium, here we see the tree of life and the true Christ in the third world age, and as it's written in Isaiah chapter 51 verse 3, for the Lord shall comfort Zion, that's Jerusalem, he will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord, and the desolate land shall be tilled, as it's also written in Ezekiel chapter 36, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by, and they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. This begins at the seventh trumpet when the true Christ returns and the millennium begins. That's when the good figs are planted in Jerusalem at that time immediately after the hour of temptation, which is when Satan, the desolator, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is incarcerated in the bottomless pit until the thousand years are finished. Then he'll go out to deceive the nations one last time, and whoever follows him then will be blotted out of existence in the lake of fire, because they will have made the choice to be grafted onto Satan's family tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that's the tree that gets destroyed in the lake of fire when God the Father returns for the great white throne judgment and destroys this second world age. So see how the pattern repeats itself. Satan rebelled, and many joined him in his first rebellion in the first world age. Then God destroyed the first world age. Satan will appear as Antichrist in Jerusalem. Then God will destroy this flesh age at the seventh trumpet when all flesh is changed into spiritual bodies, and Jerusalem will be cleansed at that time. Not one stone shall be left standing upon another. The good figs written of in Jeremiah chapter 24 will be gathered to Jerusalem and will live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. After the thousand years are finished, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and gather as numerous an army as he can in his final rebellion against God. Then God destroys Satan in the lake of fire along with whoever is stupid enough to follow Satan after all that. Then God destroys this second world age and then the third world age begins. A new heaven and a new earth and blessed are they that do his commandments, God's commandments. Blessed are they that hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city, that great city, the holy Jerusalem in the third world age, the eternity. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, this was the creation of the first world age. There are three world ages. We are now in the second world age. This is speaking of the creation of the first earth and heaven age, that is to say the first world age. 
and the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now this should actually say, the earth became without form and void, and if you look into the Hebrew, you'll find that that's the case. It shouldn't say was without form. That would mean God created it without form and void. Why would he do that? He didn't. He created the first world age, and as it's written in the book of Job in the seventh verse of the 38th chapter, God said, The morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy in the first world age. That's what he's talking about. If you read the entire chapter, Job 38, that is to say, you see that written of there, beginning in verse 4, where God asked Job, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars, God's children, all of them, sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So everything was perfect, but then Satan rebelled, as you can read of in Isaiah 14 and verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And you can read in Revelation chapter 12 how Satan deceived a third of the stars of heaven. He deceived a third of God's children. And that's why God destroyed the world that then was, the first world age. Peter calls it the world that then was in Second Peter chapter 3, where God said through Peter in Second Peter chapter 3 verse 5 that by the word of God the heavens were of old, the first earth and heaven age, the first world age, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, the first world age, being overflowed with water, perished. As we'll find out in this first chapter of Genesis, there wasn't even a seed that survived. It all had to be recreated, and the earth had to be replenished. Verse 7, But the heavens and the earth, which are now this world age, this second world age, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment, the great white throne judgment at the end of the thousand years, and perdition of ungodly men. And all who follow Satan after the thousand years are finished will perish in the lake of fire. So that's why God came to earth as the Son, Christ Jesus, to pay the price for one in all times, so that whosoever believes upon him should not perish in that lake of fire, but shall have everlasting life. That means continued existence from the day they were created back in the first world age up through the eternity the third world age, that's what the third world age that you can read of in the last chapters of Revelation, where it says the former things are passed away, that means that this world age will be destroyed, and then we go into the eternity, the third world age. If you choose to love your heavenly Father, if not, you'll be blotted out in the lake of fire, completely blotted out of existence. And before that great white throne judgment, Satan himself will be cast into the lake of fire and blotted out of existence. That's why he's called the son of perdition, because he got the death sentence whenever he rebelled in the first world age. Verse 8 of Second Peter chapter 3, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. 
That's speaking of the millennium, the Lord's day that begins upon the return of the true Christ. Satan's going to appear as the false Christ in Jerusalem. That's who the Antichrist is, is Satan, that same one that deceived a third of God's children in the first world age. That's whose fault all this is. And he will appear in Jerusalem at the sixth seal, the sixth trumpet, and the sixth vial, and deceive a third once again, killing them spiritually, as it's written in Revelation chapter 9. Verse 9 of Second Peter chapter 3, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish in that lake of fire, but that all should come to repentance. That's why he came as the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and paid that price. God loves his children to that degree, okay? But the day of the Lord, the thousand years, will come as a thief in the night, to those who aren't familiar with our Father's word, because they're not going to be expecting Jesus to return at that time, they're going to think that Satan is Jesus. And that's who they followed in the first world age, that third, and that's why the first world age was destroyed. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements, the evil rudiments, shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. This world age will be destroyed, in other words. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true Christ, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The evil rudiments will be destroyed along with all who offend in the lake of fire after the thousand years are finished, because Satan will be let loose to test God's children one more time, and if they follow him that time, that's it. They get blotted out of existence in the lake of fire. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness, the third world age, the eternity. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. That's what this second world age is all about, is the salvation of God's children. He didn't want to have to kill a third of his children whenever they began to follow Satan in the first world age, so he decided to destroy that first world age and create this one, whereby as many of God's children as possible will come to repentance and not have to be blotted out of existence. That's the last thing God wants. It's not his will that any should perish, but all come to repentance. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets in the Old Testament, that is to say, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, the New Testament. As Christ said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 52, Every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of a household who brings 
brings out of his treasure things new and old, as in before the foundation of this world age, both the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, the entire word of God. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. But all things are not as they were from the beginning of the creation, because there was a world age before this one. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was the first world age being overflowed with water perish. Why? Everything was perfect in that first world age, as we know from Job chapter 38, verse 7. The morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. But then Satan rebelled, and as we know from Revelation chapter 12, a third of God's children followed Satan, and therefore the world that then was the first world age age was destroyed because of Satan's rebellion. A third of God's children followed Satan in the first world age, and it was either kill a third of his children or create this world age, the heavens and the earth which are now. So the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire, not water, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. In other words, the perdition of ungodly men will not transpire until after the day of the Lord, the thousand years written of here in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish in the lake of fire after the thousand years are finished at the great white throne judgment, but that all should come to repentance. And there you have the will of God, the will of your heavenly Father, that none should perish in the lake of fire, but that all should come to repentance through our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go to Revelation chapter 12 and read of what happened, in the world that then was the first world age it reads in verse 3 and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon which is Satan having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads a one world system just as Satan will be allowed during that five month long hour of temptation that ends upon the return of the true Christ and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven that's a third of God's children and did cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Throughout the Old Testament we read of Satan's various attempts to destroy the bloodline from which Christ would come and she brought forth a man child, the true Christ who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and so he shall at the seventh trumpet and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne and you can read of this in the book of Acts. So we've gone from the first world age all the way up to the second world age in Christ's first advent, the heavens and the earth which are now, so the world that then was the first world age being overflowed with water perish, but the heavens and the earth which are now this second world age by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men, looking forward to the great white throne judgment. Whoever follows Satan after the thousand years are finished will be blotted out in the lake of fire. But beloved 
be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The day of the Lord is a thousand years. Whenever the true Christ returns, the day of the Lord begins. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish in that lake of fire after the thousand years are finished, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, as far as those who are willfully ignorant of the word of God are concerned, because they'll think that Christ is already here. They'll think that Satan is Jesus whenever he appears in Jerusalem at the sixth trumpet, in the middle of that hour of temptation that's been shortened from seven years to five months, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements, the rudiments, that is to say, shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. In other words, this earth and heaven age, this second world age that we are now in, will be destroyed, after which we go into the eternity, the third world age, a new heavens and a new earth, as you can read of in Revelation chapter 21, immediately following the great white throne judgment. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Stay in the word and do your best to hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God at the seventh trumpet when the true Christ returns, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements, the evil rudiments of the world, shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, the third world age, wherein dwelleth righteousness. All who offend will be blotted out in the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. You want to hear Christ say to you, in that day upon his return, well done, good and faithful servant. Not depart from me, ye that work iniquity, I never knew you, as he'll say to many, as we know from chapter 7 of the Gospel of Matthew, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, especially in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where we learn that all flesh is done away with upon the return of the true Christ at the seventh trumpet in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52, as also in all his epistles, all the epistles of Paul, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. These are the false teachers you're warned of repeatedly throughout the word of God. This word destruction is perdition. That's what's going to happen to these false teachers who twist the word of God if they don't get their act together between now and the great white throne judgment. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Again, stay in the Word, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Every day, study your Father's Word, both Old and New Testament. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who shall return at the seventh trumpet immediately after the hour of temptation. To him be glory both now and forever, all the way up into the eternity, the third world age. Amen.
the book of Genesis with the word of wisdom from our Father in Jesus' name, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, this was the creation of the first world age. There are three world ages. We are now in the second world age. This is speaking of the creation of the first earth and heaven age, that is to say, the first world age. And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, this should actually say the earth became without form and void, and if you look into the Hebrew, you'll find that that's the case. It shouldn't say was without form. That would mean God created it without form and void. Why would he do that? He didn't. He created the first world age, and as it's written in the book of Job in the seventh verse of the 38th chapter, God said, The morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. In the first world age, that's what he's talking about. If you read the entire chapter, Job 38, that is to say, you see that written of there. Beginning in verse 4, where God asked Job, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars, God's children, all of them, sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So everything was perfect, but then Satan rebelled, as you can read of in Isaiah 14 and verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? And you can read in Revelation chapter 12 how Satan deceived a third of the stars of heaven. He deceived a third of God's children. And that's why God destroyed the world that then was, the first world age. Peter calls it the world that then was in 2 Peter chapter 3, where God said through Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 5 that by the word of God the heavens were of old, the first earth and heaven age, the first world age, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, the first world age, being overflowed with water, perished. As we'll find out in this first chapter of Genesis, there wasn't even a seed that survived. It all had to be recreated, and the earth had to be replenished. Verse 7, But the heavens and the earth, which are now this world age, this second world age, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment, the great white throne judgment at the end of the thousand years, and perdition of ungodly men. And all who follow Satan after the thousand years are finished will perish in the lake of fire. So that's why God came to earth as the Son, Christ Jesus, to pay the price for one in all times, so that whosoever believes upon him should not perish in that lake of fire, but shall have everlasting life. That means continued existence from the day they were created back in the first world age up through the eternity the third world age, that's what the third world age that you can read of in the last chapters of Revelation, where it says the former things are passed away, that means that this world age will be destroyed, and then we go into the eternity, the third world age. 
if you choose to love your heavenly father if not you'll be blotted out in the lake of fire completely blotted out of existence and before that great white throne judgment satan himself will be cast into the lake of fire and blotted out of existence that's why he's called the son of perdition because he got the death sentence whenever he rebelled in the first world age verse eight of second peter chapter three but beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. That's speaking of the millennium, the Lord's day that begins upon the return of the true Christ. Satan's going to appear as the false Christ in Jerusalem. That's who the Antichrist is, is Satan, that same one that deceived a third of God's children in the first world age. That's whose fault all this is. And he will appear in Jerusalem at the sixth seal, the sixth trumpet, and the sixth vial and deceive a third once again, killing them spiritually, as it's written in Revelation chapter 9. Verse 9 of Second Peter chapter 3, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish in that lake of fire, but that all should come to repentance. That's why he came as the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and paid that price. God loves his children to that degree, okay? But the day of the Lord, the thousand years, will come as a thief in the night to those who aren't familiar with our Father's word because they're not going to be expecting Jesus to return at that time. They're going to think that Satan is Jesus. And that's who they followed in the first world age, that third, and that's why the first world age was destroyed. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements, the evil rudiments, shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. This world age will be destroyed, in other words. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true Christ, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The evil rudiments will be destroyed, along with all who offend in the lake of fire, after the thousand years are finished. Because Satan will be let loose to test God's children one more time, and if they follow him that time, that's it. They get blotted out of existence in the lake of fire. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness, the third world age, the eternity. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. That's what this second world age is all about, is the salvation of God's children. He didn't want to have to kill a third of his children whenever they began to follow Satan in the first world age. So he decided to destroy that first world age and create this one, whereby as many of God's children as possible will come to repentance and not have to be blotted out of existence. That's the last thing God wants. It's not his will that any should perish, but all come to repentance. So back to Genesis, now that we know that there are three world ages, and this first verse is speaking of the creation of the first world age, where it says, in the beginning, which is the title of the book in the Hebrew, Genesis is Greek, which means generation or creation, but in the beginning is what the Hebrew title means. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form 
and void, that's tuhu vabu in the Hebrew, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So to properly translate this, and the earth became without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Destroyed because of Satan's rebellion, Satan fell because of pride within himself, as you can read of in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. Again, Isaiah 14, verse 12 reads, How art thou fallen from heaven? That's a statement of degradation, his fall from grace. O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, here's the reason, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Again, the stars of God, symbolizing God's children. He deceived a third of the stars of heaven, as you know from Revelation chapter 12. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. That was that pride within himself that caused him to fall and be damned, becoming the son of perdition, the only one sentenced to perish by name. And in Ezekiel chapter 28, you can read of that death sentence. And in the sixth verse of Ezekiel 28, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, speaking to Satan, called here the Prince of Tyrus, which means rock. He's the false rock. The true Christ is the true rock. The false Christ is Satan, the false rock. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. Remember he was called Lucifer, son of the morning, the morning star. That's what he calls himself. Christ is the morning star, as we know from the book of Revelation. Satan pretends to be Christ. He comes disguised as an angel of light, as Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 8 of Ezekiel 28. They shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. Will thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am God? But thou shalt be a man, and no God, in the hand of him that slayeth thee. He's going to perish in the lake of fire. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, which means rock, we're talking about the false rock, Satan, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the psalm, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Yes, there was a garden of Eden in the first world age as well. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of thy tabrays, and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. He covered the mercy seat, protected it, in other words. That's what Satan did. Then one day he decided he didn't want to protect the mercy seat anymore. He wanted to sit on it, and that's the throne of Christ. So you see, it's common sense whenever you know all that, who the Antichrist is. It can't be anyone else because he's called the son of perdition in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And as we're about to find out, only one... That is to say, Satan is sentenced by name to perish. 
Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. Now we come to why the first world age was destroyed. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. That's what happened to Satan. Pride within himself caused him to become evil. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth the fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. That's when Satan's blotted out in the lake of fire, as you can read of in Revelation chapter 20. As you can see in your companion Bible in Appendix 146, the foundation of the world, there are two words translated foundation in the New Testament, thamelios and catabol. Thamelios, the noun and the corresponding verb, are proper in regular terms for the English words to found and foundation. It means what it sounds like it means. However, the noun catabol occurs in Matthew 13, Matthew 25, Luke 11, John 17, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 as well as the book of Hebrews, the book of 1 Peter, Revelation 13 and 17 and the corresponding verb catabolo occurs in 2 Corinthians, Hebrews and Revelation chapter 12 verse 10. A comparison of all these passages, especially 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 9 and Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 will show that catabolo and catabol are not the proper terms for founding and foundation but the correct meaning is cast down or overthrow. In other words, before the foundation of the world really means before the overthrow of the first world age. There are three world ages, and if you don't understand that, then you're not going to understand the word of God. There was the world that then was, as it's called in 2 Peter chapter 3, and then after the catabol, the overthrow of that world age, the destruction of it, that is to say, because accordingly the noun catabol ought to be translated disruption or ruin, the destruction of the first world age because of Satan's first rebellion. The remarkable thing is that in all occurrences of the word catabol, the word is connected with the world, cosmos in the Greek, and therefore the expression should be rendered the disruption or ruin of the world, the first world age, clearly referring to the condition indicated in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and described in 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 5 and 6, for the earth was not created to who, Isaiah chapter 45 verse 18 says, for thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited in the world that then was, when God created the heavens and the 
earth in the beginning. If you go to page 989 in your companion Bible, you'll see that the note on that verse says in vain means tuhu in the Hebrew, the same word as in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, without form, therefore it must have become tuhu, which is exactly what Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 declares. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, we have the world that then was, the first world age. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and in verse 2, we have the ruin into which it fell the first world age being destroyed. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 to Genesis chapter 2 verse 4, we have the heavens and the earth which are now of 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 7, the second world age that we are now in. Both are set in contrast with the new heavens and the new earth of 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 13, the third world age. So the earth was not created without form and void, but became so as stated in the Hebrew of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and confirmed by 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 6, where the world that then was, was by the word of God, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, perished as we know from verse 2, the earth became void and without form, and the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, were created and are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment, as it's written in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 7, the day of the Lord, the thousand years that end with the great white throne judgment, as you can read of in Revelation chapter 20, then in Revelation 21, a new heaven and a new earth, as it's also written in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 13. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, we have the founding of the world, but in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, we have its overthrow, its catabol in the Greek. This is confirmed by a further remarkable fact that the phrase which occurs ten times is associated with the preposition apo, which means from, seven times, and with pro, which means before, three times. The former refers to the kingdom and is connected with the counsels of God. The latter refers to the mystery or secret and is connected with the purpose of God. Ample New Testament testimony is thus given to the profoundly significant fact recorded in Genesis chapter 1 verse Verse 2, that the earth became waste and desolate without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Before the creation of the heavens and the earth, which are now this second world age that we are now in, the heavens and the earth, which are now. The first world age was destroyed because a third of God's children followed Satan in his first rebellion, and it was either kill a third of his children or destroy the first world age and create this one as a test to see who truly loves our father and who truly does not love our father. That's what it's all about, to see who's who, because God didn't know who he could trust after a third followed Satan in the first world age. And what did the other two thirds do? Probably not much of anything looking around at the inhabitants of the earth today. Not much has changed, and who you are deep down comes to the surface whenever you're tested, and so you see the purpose of this second world age. It's a time of salvation, and as it's written in John chapter 3 verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth upon him should not perish in the lake of fire after the thousand years are finished at the great white throne judgment, but should have everlasting life, continued existence from the day you were created in the first world age on up into the eternity 
the third world age. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And so now you understand what the term foundation of the world means. You see it in Matthew 13, where it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Foundation is catabol in the Greek. In Matthew 25, Christ says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, the sheep, as opposed to the goats on his left hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Speaking of God's elect, the good figs in the parable of the fig tree, as opposed to the evil figs, which are the goats and those who choose to follow Satan. The Kenites and their co-religionists, that is to say. And speaking of the Kenites, you find this term, foundation of the world again in Luke chapter 11 verse 50 where Christ says that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world beginning with the blood of righteous Abel may be required of this generation and you know the generation he's speaking to there the generation of vipers the sons of Cain and in John chapter 17 Christ says in verse 24 father I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world, before the destruction of the first world age. Notice it says before the foundation of the world there, and in Luke chapter 11 verse 50 it says the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world. Not before, but from, ever since the creation of this world age. And what happened at the beginning of this world age? Cain killed Abel. Cain being the son of Satan and the progenitor of the Kenites, which is a word that means the sons of Cain, the generation of vipers. Then you have the election written of in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, the those who stood against Satan in the first world age, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Skipping ahead to the book of Revelation and the two times that you see the term foundation of the world, first in Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, speaking of Satan when he appears as the false Christ, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, those who fought against Satan in his first rebellion in the first world age. The beast that thou sawest, moving on to Revelation chapter 17 verse 8, the beast that thou sawest was in the first world age at his first rebellion and is not because he's locked up in heaven. He hasn't been cast from heaven unto the earth yet. It doesn't happen until the woe of the fifth trumpet when Satan is cast from heaven unto the earth and his angels will be cast out with him. That begins the hour of temptation when that one world political system emerges, then is wounded to death, after which Satan appears as the false Christ in Jerusalem at the woe of the sixth trumpet. And that's when God's elect are delivered up with the gospel armor on and in place, at which time the Holy Spirit speaks through them, as you can read of in Mark 13, as well as many other places. So what are we talking about here? The beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. So now we know for a fact who we're talking about, the son of perdition. The only one sentenced to perish by name is Satan himself because of what he did in the first world age. He tried to take over heaven and a third followed him. Those third are salvageable though as long as they believe upon the true Christ. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, the catabol of the cosmos, 
when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is whenever he appears when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by daniel the prophet stand in judea that's satan appearing as the false christ and at that time god's elect will be delivered up to death which is one of satan's names the holy spirit speaking through them at that time in a language understood by whoever hears it regardless of whatever language you speak you're going to hear it clearly whenever it's spoken through the elect that's the true pentecostal tongue as it's written in Acts chapter 2, everyone heard them in their own language. There you have it. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And at the end of that five-month-long hour of temptation, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the woe of the seventh trumpet transpires, which is when the true Christ returns and the elect are gathered to the millennial temple, the good figs written of in Jeremiah chapter 24. That's the first resurrection, and the rest of the dead, as it's written, live not again until the thousand years were finished, if they stand against Satan after he's let loose from his prison for a short season. If they follow Satan at that point, they'll be blotted out in the lake of fire, but Satan is the first one in before the books are even open because he's the son of perdition, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit and goeth into perdition. He doesn't ascend out of the bottomless pit until after the thousand years are finished, and whoever follows him at that point is blotted out as well in the lake of fire blotted out of existence it's as though they never existed no one will even remember they ever were that's the second death the death of the soul but what else happens at that time the second resurrection whoever stands against satan gets to go into the eternity the third world age so there you have it the foundation of the world i encourage you to check out appendix 146 in the companion bible for yourself study it in depth whereby you understand our father's word and our not deceived.